Welcome to the Internet Report, where we uncover what's working and what's breaking on the Internet and why. So we've had a few weeks off. Uh, you know, you may have noticed that we, we missed a few episodes, um, but we're, we're back and uh, we have a really interesting outage to cover this week. Um, so we're going to be talking for the full episode today about uh, the Facebook outage that happened last week. So that was April 8th, uh, Thursday. And the outage started at uh, 2130 UTC, which is uh, 530 Eastern time or 230 Pacific time. So really kind of in the middle of the day, um, you know, late afternoon in the US, uh, when I'm sure they, they have a lot of users using the service. And then it, it didn't fully resolve, at least from uh, the application standpoint, until 2210. So it was about uh, 40 minutes that people kind of were complaining that they were unable to use Facebook. Now, um, I, Angelique, I'm going to call out that application standpoint, um, which, which you had and stress a little bit on that, right? So there's a reason we we're specifying why from an application standpoint, the outage seemed to have lasted for about 40 minutes. But really from a user experience point of view, we did notice the effect to be uh, more prolonged and that's kind of what we'll be uncovering in, in today's episode. Yeah, so, so what most people were noticing and complaining about was really just kind of phase one from what we were able to see. And so we're gonna, we're gonna talk about phase one, which of course everybody noticed, it was pretty obvious, but we're also gonna cover the other two phases that would have also impacted users around the world and kind of how that manifested and, and what potentially was causing some of these issues. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, so with that, we're gonna go ahead and dive in and take a look at, at what we saw. point we were making is at 21.30 at 5.30 Eastern, we did start seeing um, the impact here. We are monitoring globally, as you can see, to facebook.com. And then again, 40 minutes in, things look good, as in it took 40 minutes from an application standpoint, connecting to um, the HTTP server here, starting to look better. But then let's kind of, you know, narrow this in and, and start stepping through this, um, through these different phases, because um, there's, there's a lot of things happening here. So starting at phase one, right, which um, is, is purely from an application standpoint, some of the things that's really obvious here is that it is a global um, event. Um, everybody across the globe was um, you know, unanimously impacted because of this. Yeah, and it was it manifested really at the application layer in terms of these server, these server errors. So we were seeing principally 500 errors, uh, which is indicating there's you know there, it's a fairly generic error code, but kind of right. there's something at, uh, within the application it's not able to fulfill the requests. And then we're also seeing a 429, which is more specific and basically saying that you know it's not able to handle it because it's just simply getting too many requests. Right. So, so that was that was pretty interesting and really kind of spoke to you know the availability of the application itself. So that was you know pretty extreme uh, uh, kind of state of, of performance where you're just not even able to use the application. Right, and 
as it started recovering, like from an application perspective, which was like, you know, 15 minutes in, we're starting to see some type of mitigation effort um, going in place there, right? We're starting to see some regions uh, come back up while the others are still, um, you know, having issues. But this trend was not, um, you know, progressively getting better in the sense that, you know, in this time frame where it looks like the Americas are recovering, the next time frame, it actually has gone back down to red, which means um, server availability was, was still questionable at this point in time. This is kind of the pattern that we saw throughout, um, you know, the 40 minutes and finally uh, where it started recovering. Yeah, and you you will, you know, if you're you're noticing the different phases there, you'll notice that some of the errors then start to shift away from being purely HTTP right. um, server related and some of them are even, you know, in the connect phase and the receive phase. So indicating that there's potentially a problem happening at the network layer as well. You know, when right. we talk about like kind of these mitigation efforts, um, you know, which we'll dig into a little bit more, but this, this basically as, as the recover, we were starting to see the recovery. So, you know, availability started to increase. We see this pretty dramatic spike in network uh, loss. So packet loss, um, as well as network latency. So, you know, if we kind of flip the, the metric there, we'll also see that, you know, it's, it's, there is also kind of this increase in latency. Right, right. And, and, and just like, you know, pulling the timeline a little back so you can see the relative, um, you know, increase in here uh, from a latency perspective. Now, uh, this is um, the, the period where, you know, it was purely just an application um, issue as it was manifesting. That's what we are um, calling phase one, right? Um, and, and phase two is when we're starting to see this impact um, in the network layer itself. Uh, manifesting as packet loss as well as increased latency um, in here. I think I think at this point I'm going to flip over to like you know path visualization because this increase in latency kind of um, you know I think before we double click into uh, why that is happening, um, I think it might be valuable to just talk about how Facebook does its routing yeah. in, in general. So and I'm just going to pull maybe this up. Maybe you just go back. Mm -hmm. um, know also one more interval when it was normal so before the yeah. loss um, and latency spiked because um, it's it's pretty interesting so there's different ways in which application providers can route um, users to their service um, you know regardless of their if, if, whether they're a highly distributed application or not so you can do things like for example any cast where you're advertising you know the same um, you know or or few IP addresses and you're basically leveraging um, BGP to um, hopefully get users, um, you know, because BGP is basically going to send users down the shortest path and hopefully that will give them the best experience and route them to the optimal server. That's not what Facebook is doing here. So the way that Facebook routes users to its services through DNS load balancing. So you can see that there's almost a one to one mapping between mm -hmm. applications and the servers that they're connecting to and they're really connecting to servers that are very close by to them right so they're they're using kind of the, the client subnet to determine which ip address to serve them which would then route them to the ideal server it's really like it's serving the point of what a cdn would um getting you to the closest um edge location as possible and and this is i, I really like this view as we're flipping through it because it 
kind of shows you that one is to one mapping, right? Depending on where the users are, Mexico, Houston connecting to Dallas, um, Ashburn going to Boston, and then um, Barcelona connecting into Madrid here. So I think that's a nice way to see uh, where exactly the edge servers are and also a good way to understand if it's optimal um, routing or not. Right, and you can see, you know, so this is kind of the normal state, you mm -hmm. know, um, before we started to see this increase in loss and latency. And so, you know, what you'll notice is that um, there is in fact a difference in terms of how users are getting, you know, which server they're getting connected to. So what we noticed was that there are a lot of locations that started to get connected to a particular um, IP address that we see here. So this is, um, you know, a, a slash 24 prefix. Um, and you can see, you know, the IP address um, there, the prefix there. Um, and this was, you know, this is an unusual prefix for Facebook because it's really just advertised um, through one per, one transit provider, um, rather than a diverse set of, of um, ISPs and transit providers. Um, and so when they did that and started sending users to that particular IP address, it seemed like for whatever reason, whether it was intentional or not, or maybe there was too much traffic that was getting directed to that through that one uh, transit provider, um, that we were seeing an increase in latency and loss. And I think what, one thing to call out um, in terms of, you know, you, you, you were mentioning Anycast before, that Anycast works in the, sense, in the way that the IP address still remains the same, but you're getting connected to your closest server. And this is, that's not what's happening here. Um, this is not, um, you know, an Anycast-based um, routing that Facebook's following um, in the mitigation phase. These particular locations are actually being directed to um, this the static um, server here. And, you know, just looking at Houston relative to all the other, um, you know, locations we're monitoring from, you can see how quickly, um, you know, basically latency when Houston was previously connecting to Dallas, it was around four milliseconds, but now um, in that phase two piece where we are seeing all of that packet loss, um, it spikes up to some some cases, um, you know, as high as 82 milliseconds as well. So it's definitely, you know, not very optimal at all from a location perspective. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it looks like, you know, this, this kind of this brief spike, right, it then did start to, it just kind of really almost fell off a cliff. And, you know, what you see there from a network path standpoint is that those locations are no longer going to that particular IP address, which is like a 157, mm -hmm. 240 dot, you know. Um, it was a 206 dot 206. slash 24. Yeah. yeah slash, slash 24. So here they're going to an entirely different server, except these ones um, are located in Europe. So we can yep. see that Mexico is connecting to a server in Frankfurt and Houston's connecting to a server in Vienna, obviously not uh, an, an optimal uh, uh, way of routing users, but it did seem to at least address the issue of this packet loss that those locations were experiencing and the outsides, outsides latency. Now, right. you know, simply from the standpoint of what we're looking at here, I mean, this is a very simple kind of TCP handshake. So you do see that that red portion there, that's that increase in latency, that's probably, you know, it going over the Atlantic, um, you know, and so, it just by virtue of it being further away, there's, you know, it's a little bit further, but it's not, it, it's not really extreme. 
Um, yeah, it's not. And, and you know, we're filtering here and looking at it from just a couple of locations. Now we saw this across um, a variety of, um, you know, um, nodes as well. Um, Ashburn, for instance, was being pushed all the way instead of Boston to Barcelona. And um, this is kind of, you know, leading into this phase three that we were talking about, like the stage three that we're looking at, right? Like, so stage one is when the app was, you know, errors were manifesting. Um, stage two was when the spike in packet loss was, but almost like when packet loss falls off a cliff, you expect, um, well, things are better, but in a way it's not because you're not connecting to the most optimal um, location as well. Yeah. What's interesting is if you start to step through the timeline, you can kind of see that there was all kinds of, of you know, like movement in terms of which server these, just yeah. these two locations were connecting to. Um, and like just focus on the path and, you know, the, yeah. the end node that you're seeing as to where that location is in, in here that you're looking at, right? Like, I'm just going to do kind of a quick fast forward mm -hmm. of sorts. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Oh, wow. It goes to... Um, Frankfurt, Copenhagen. Let's just filter based on only on Houston, just to simplify this just a little bit more. There you go. Right. Okay, it goes to London, and then it finally comes back to the US. So this is at 2315. Yeah, so it's it's kind of bouncing around different locations in, in Europe. And then um, you know it doesn't it doesn't get routed back to a server even in the U.S. until 2215. So at least then you're seeing you know that that where is that kind of that slight elevation in latency then kind mm -hmm. of went down to almost uh, you know kind of pre-incident levels, um, and then you know eventually I think it's like you know a little bit further down the timeline it comes back to its resting state of size. It's closer and then eventually it's back to Dallas, which is what it was before the incident. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it didn't kind of normalize um, for a while. So clearly there was something happening in terms of Facebook effectively um, doing some shuffling of users across its edge infrastructure for whatever reason in order, you know, maybe they were, you know, there were issues and they were connecting them to the servers that they, they knew to be available and able to, to handle queries. Um, you know, I think it's, it kind it's of clear. Yeah, I, I, especially given the um, errors that we were seeing initially, right? We were seeing like, you know, uh, 429, for instance, on the HTTP side, of things almost feels like they were trying to do some kind of load shedding and and move their users across spread them around um so while it did look like the outage was resolved in about 40 40 minutes um the the experience was not necessarily um up to uh you know uh, to an optimized state and i think that's what gets more obvious again if we yeah. jump well, back to actually if you jump to the to, to maybe in the timeline where you know there's an increase in um the packet uh, loss right not necessarily packet loss even when the just after the packet loss occurred mm -hmm. right if you go to network latency just for a moment you know you see there that um latency is you know it's slightly elevated right like yep. it it didn't you know yes there was a drop off in loss and latency but now the users are getting routed to europe and so there's a slight elevation so what you can kind of say is like okay so maybe 
you know, it's like a hundred, you know, milliseconds network time, you know, hundred ish milliseconds. Maybe that's not extreme from a network standpoint. We don't see this massive spike, but the influence on the page load time, you know, um, tells a different story. So if we kind of move up into the page load, um, you know, tab, we can kind of see. I'm just going to pull uh, this back. So the yeah. relative um, view of um, the entire thing. Yep. In this case, it timed out. And then here we just see that, um, you know, it's taking a lot longer to load the page than normal, right? Uh, yeah. And, and the place it timed out is uh, the place which is stage two where yeah, they were kind of transitioning, fabulous. right? Like in that, in that uh, period. So, um, but now, you know, it's just like it's going to a server that's further away. And just by virtue of the fact that you need to connect to the server you need to then request the components of the page and then those components need to be served to you. And again, all of this takes network time that just adds up. And, yeah. you know, and I think in yeah. this particular case, like, you know, um, the components that we're loading were more static because we were just connecting to facebook.com. But if it wasn't the case where you did have to do a backend um, fetch, for instance, um, you know, to the origin, then just moving away, um, move, moving that front door further and further away is just going to add up, especially if you have any backend interactions that's um, happening. Yeah, this was a really, really simple page. Um, yep. and so, and, and the components were all hosted within Facebook servers, right? Yes, so we don't exactly. That's very atypical of most applications. You would typically see not only that you're going to make queries on the back end to maybe fetch the index, um, you know, uh, file or other components, but you're also going to have like other third-party services that are are that you need to fetch in order to load the page. It could be like Google Analytics. It could be you know other things, um, and you don't see that here. So. You know, we see a spike in page load, but if it had been a much richer, kind of more typical application or, or front page, it probably would have been a lot worse than what we see here. It would probably even timed out and, you know, it would have manifested as a timeout here, um, just taking that long, right? Yeah, potentially. So, you know, I mean, so this is kind of interesting because, you know, like, you know, to your point, there's a lot of press around the fact that the application was unavailable and that's fine, you know, that's pretty extreme performance situation, but, you know, there was lingering issues in terms of how it was impacting users. And unless you have kind of like really granular insight into things like, okay, well, how are they really routing traffic and what's, what's actually happening underneath the hood that's influencing, you know, what users might be experiencing. So, you know, this was a pretty unusual event from the standpoint that it, it had kind of these very different characteristics yep. um, and it, most of them went kind of unnoticed it looks like it, it did um, and I think this again brings that discussion around um, availability versus performance right okay you know you're, you're testing if something is available that's great that's kind of the first step um, but that doesn't just just because it's available doesn't mean it's performing um, at, at its best and I think that's what this particular incident really um, calls out is being able to like not just test for um, availability of the server, for instance, but being able to go that one step further and, and seeing all those changes. Another thing, you know, I'd also add is sometimes the usability of the application in this particular case, we're just really like getting to the front door of facebook.com. But 
to truly understand if the application is performing is to know if it, the application can be used by the users in its in a true fashion, which is say logging into Facebook, like you know scrolling through a page or or whatever that might look like on the wall or you know whatever that's called these days. And I think that's more important to truly understand performance of applications rather than just you know availability and um, you know. Um, HTTP response times, right? Yeah, and just kind of part of that, you know, just to add to that, so, you know, very kind of traditional metrics that, for example, maybe just the network team would be looking at things like, okay, well, what is my network latency and what is like my loss or, or jitter or whatever and these other kind of key performance indicators. Well, at the end of the day, what really matters is the usability of the application, not just availability to your point. And so, you know, while a network metrics may tell a story, they don't really mean much, much unless you can correlate them with how a user is experiencing the application. So it's really important to kind of not get too, you know, like fixated on certain metrics in isolation, because it's really at the end of the day about how the network latency and the network loss, if it's there, is impacting. Oh, it's impacting. It also is, you know, if, if I think about it, like understanding that correlation to the application also gives like classic network teams, you know, some way of identifying priority, right? How do you prioritize um, an incident? Say you have like two network um, related incidents happening, but which one's actually impacting the user because that's probably going to be um, higher in the queue. So it also gives you a way internally within, you know, teams to prioritize and, and move forward operationally, right? So uh, just that correlation and contextualization across um, different layers of, of the stack. Uh, so if we yeah. call it that way, and I think it becomes really important. Yeah, for sure. And, and even on that, you know, like just knowing, for example, okay, I have elevated latency or elevated loss. Okay. And that's related to how, how the application is performing. That's, that's great. And that's good to be able to correlate that but also understanding like what's contributing to the latency. So mm -hmm. in this case, we can see that there's like, there's actually a routing issue, right? And so it's like, it's not, it's nothing happening within say an ISP that yep. maybe is like, you know, moving traffic around in, in their network. It's actually the application provider and the way that they're advertising and driving users to their, their um, services. That's the problem. So it's not the application itself. That's the problem, but it's still the application provider. That's yep. the problem. And being able to identify who is actually causing the latency is really important versus like, hey, if it's network related, it's got to be like, you know, maybe it's probably my ISP or something else is going on. Um, so that attribution of the problem is, is really is important. important. Yeah. As you were talking about it, another angle I see that is if you are like, you know, um, in this particular case, Facebook was, you know, making influencing those changes. But if you own an application and you are the service provider itself, if that's the service you're providing, and say, um, you know, something similar happens, and you're trying these mitigation um, tactics, right? But just to be able to monitor that in correlation with, okay, I'm, I'm doing this change. Is it really impacting, you know, I'm up and running, but is it really impacting users? And being able to step through that is, is a nice um, uh, visual and kind of um, fact check as well if the mitigation is going as planned. Yeah, absolutely. In particular, if you're using like any cast and you're kind of yeah. trying to figure out if your changes, you know, like, made any changes and what what the outcome is because that can be really finicky too so yeah yeah, yeah definitely um it turned out to be a good uh, comeback episode though
yeah, definitely. <laughs> you got to hit all, you know, all kinds of things like from internet routing to application uh, performance. So, you know, uh, a, a nice illustration point on just kind of, you know, how all of these different things matter, right? Right, right, yeah. Uh, all right, so that's that's our show. Um, don't forget to hit subscribe, follow us on Twitter. Uh, if you um, you know have questions, feedback, um, or guests you would like to see featured on the show, definitely let us know. Email us at internetreport at thousandeyes.com. And uh, if you are new to the show and you haven't yet claimed our free T-shirt, feel free to do so. Just send us your address, um, T-shirt size, and we'll get that right over to you. With that, we'll close today's episode. Thanks, guys.